0: From the director of Pee-wee's Big Adventure. When two ghosts can't talk the living into leaving their house. What's the good of being a ghost if you can't frighten people away?
1: They call the ghost... Beetlejuice! ...with the most... Gah! Can you be scary? What do you think of that? this? This is
0: amazing. Michael Keaton...
1: <laughs> ...is a ghost called Beetlejuice. and the ghost with the most, babe. Rated PG. Sneak preview Saturday, March 26th.
0: Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your co-host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my partner, Tyler Wilson.
1: I just said hello with my hand by gesturing to my head and being like, yes.
0: Yes, I've never seen you make that gesture before. You're like, good day, sir. Good day, sir. All right, guys, hope you're having a wonderful time of the times. (laughs) And uh, today we are going to be talking about Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice.
1: You said you it twice. It.
0: You know it. It's going to happen. you going to say
1: it a third time? Yikes. It's kind of like one of those Candyman situations. Yikes. That one's a little scarier, though, because, you know, that one will kill you. Whereas Beetlejuice kind of just uh, uh, kind of mucks around and irritates everybody. I mean, we'll everybody. talk about that.
0: We'll talk yeah, about mucks that. Mucks
1: around and irritates everybody. No spoil alerts. He's irritating. All we do is spoil the movies. That's I what know. we do.
0: Okay, so Beetlejuice from 1988 is what we're going to talk about yeah. in our old Millennials Remember movies.
1: Spooky season. Sp-
0: spooky scary
1: beetlejuice is not necessarily a spooky movie but i've got comments on that actually
0: i'm sure you do yeah so before we jump into that we will do our first segment called what you been watching yeah so tyler what you been watching uh you know not
1: a ton of things but why?
0: Huh? wait why what's changed what's
1: baseball has been on a little bit but now that's kind of done so um at least done for me So, uh, yeah, no, just haven't been watching as much of that stuff. Um, I did watch, uh... Oh, I know
0: why, because you've been playing so much Fortnite. (laughs) (laughs) Boom! I outed you on national podcast, Lynn.
1: I like Fortnite.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But what do you have to show for it? Huh? what do you have to show
1: for? a treasure chest of virtual uh prizes
0: i think in a previous episode i was harassing you for letting the kids watch you play Fortnite. i will commend you by saying i've not caught you doing that since
1: no our youngest son was really sad uh the other day and i was i just had it on for sometimes i'll just play like a a quick game in the afternoon to get the XP and get your level up. Um, But he was really upset, but I was...
0: Because he's four.
1: He was just upset about something else. he's four. His sibling was being a jerk to him, and he was super sad, so I... No, he was really cold. He could bath, but then he got out uh, too late, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So he was very cold, and he just wanted to snuggle and calm down, but I was, like, in the throes of, like, one last little thing. I
0: don't know if in the throes... I mean, is that just reserved for in the throes of passion
1: other than the throes of passionate (laughs) Fortnite playing i don't know
0: is in the throes a phrase anyway so anyway
1: uh because i didn't want him watching me like shoot anything i just went to my go-to of like hopping in a car and i just drove around and yeah i mean i hit a couple people but they just disappear it's fine
0: i mean so instead of murder you're just like manslaughter
1: no no i was trying to hit him on purpose
0: isn't that Oh no that would still be murder oh
1: yeah it's just murder by car
0: okay okay yeah it, and, what about it? Your, what's the ta- what's the end of the story?
1: No, I just I didn't let him didn't let him watch me shoot. Oh, anybody. you want
0: a gold star for but, great parenting? Gotcha. I had
1: to finish the game. <laughs> 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 then I turned it off.
0: Okay, so in addition to playing a lot of Fortnite, I don't. You know, I you. I don't watched... think I, I don't feel
1: like I've been playing a lot of Fortnite. That's not what I. That's not the reason.
0: I mean, those around you would disagree. Maybe who. Uh, Anyone who's around you all day, who sees you playing
1: Fortnite all day? I don't play Fortnite all day. Mm. I don't.
0: (laughs) Maybe it's just that you play so frequently?
1: I play when you pay attention to me during uh a lunch hour when the internet is low so yeah, that's when i, mean. I do like, it
0: you know like i pop out for lunch you're on Fortnite. i pop out for a break you're on Fortnite. you know what you do in between those if times, you think I'm that
1: a lot of time of playing Fortnite every day is like an hour for a day then yeah i play you mean during Fortnite. the day
0: because once the sun sets oh no i haven't
1: that's not that i don't do that i don't play it that much not not some nights i don't
0: oh, okay god why are you so defensive? Do you feel like I'm attacking you? It's yeah, well, you're, you're being a
1: little, bit of an, a little bit of an asshole about it. <gasps>
0: oh, Yeah, a little bit. Are you feeling a little rejection sensitivity? No, I'm
1: feeling like you're just being a jerk on purpose. Nah. Because you're like, I'm doing this, so you can't doing, do that. I'm
0: not doing anything of any more value than what you're doing.
1: I'm not going, I don't have a lot of, like, okay, whatever. I'm annoyed with you now. Oh, you are not. Yeah, a little bit.
0: A little you bit are not.
1: You. I've been playing a lot of cribbage with you at night. How about that?
0: kicking my ass at cribbage or I yeah, like it. Yeah, so
1: why don't you make a comment about that? Oh, you play playing Fortnite. Yeah, no, more I, like I'm kicking your ass at cribbage. You know
0: what I wanted, where where I want to be? Like, who's inventing these card games? The game of cribbage has such random ass rules. And yeah. then selling, and then convincing other people, like, these are cool rules in a fun game.
1: Well, they were geniuses. Well, okay, they were geniuses. This was before they figured out, like, Mass, per- Like, yeah, they were geniuses. They're just like, yeah, oh, yeah, you can just play with a uh, pack of cards. And this really random uh, lengthy pegboard with numbers on it and a certain number of pegs. And it's like, you have to buy this. Yeah. But then you, you just have to score. use regular cards. Yeah. Versus, like, you know, the the Uno people or the other... I mean, half the card games that are in, a, in the store are just, like... You could totally play them with like a deck of cards. They just like change the. They just do it so you have to buy a new pack of things. Yeah. You're paying. You're paying money for the instructions, essentially.
0: Uh, exactly, and the colors and the printing. Mm-hmm. So pretty.
1: Yeah, but I mean, no. Yeah, I don't know. Okay, so all you... games are random if you think about it that way.
0: Exactly. It's just I don't know. Anyway.
1: You're just mad because you lose all the time.
0: You know, pretty much any time I play a card game with you, I lose and it fucking infuriates me because I'm super smart. And and that's what's frustrating about card games is like, it. yes, smartness and strategy matter, but luck of the draw, really fucking important. And you're just like a lucky dude. I mean, look at you. You got me. I mean, how lucky are you?
1: Yeah, someone who insults me about uh, leisure like leisurely activities is such a nice thing to have in your life. I did watch a couple things.
0: <laughs> okay, so what have you been watching? You watched The Guilty.
1: Oh, I watched The Guilty. So this is uh, it's a remake of a fairly recent movie. Uh, I can't remember what country that's from, but this one has Jake Gyllenhaal in the main role, and he plays like this... Uh, he's a police officer who used to be a field officer. Now he's not for reasons, and he's like a police dispatcher, and he gets a call about someone who's getting abducted or seemingly abducted, and he's going to try to unravel this and the movie pretty much is like ninety minutes and it never really leaves gyllenhaal's Hall's face it's uh kind of one of those kind of movies there are some famous actors on the other end of the line although none of them are terribly distracting which is good um yeah it's made by antoine fuqua who is a you know reasonably good director he makes i mean it varies wildly his movies are He won, he had out this year with Mark Wahlberg called like infinite is absolutely horrible, but. Well,
0: yeah, Mark Wahlberg.
1: But, you know, he, he's a, he, he's like a big, he can, you know, he, he gets recruited into big projects and, you know, basically if the script is bad, he's, it's not going to be very good, but you know, he's capable. Um, question. Yeah.
0: Did they just rip off the 2013 movie with Halle Berry called The Call?
1: No, it's. Almost, from my understanding, I've not seen the original movie. It is basically the same script. They've added a few different things to the one that was made in like twenty eighteen. Okay. I don't know if that person saw the Halle Berry movie and just. I, I have a feeling that it's better, better received than that Halle Berry but one. But I
0: imagine that there's lots of different stories that could ru- come out of being a nine one one. Wasn't
1: Jennifer Love Hewitt like in a whole TV show about police dispatchers for a long time? I, I mean, mean, we
0: only know that because she was on something else, and there was a spoof about it. Yes. What well, we were we watching? Something. I don't know. Match game or something. I can't remember. Match game. <laughs> there was something. Oh, we were watching Lego Masters, and she guest starred on Lego Masters as a... Uh,
1: oh, yeah, that was a really And then they bad were doing bit. a
0: lot of, like, a 911 dispatch get- gag
1: Yes. with her. See? They were.
0: That's the only reason I knew she was in that show.
1: Yeah, I don't know what that show is, but uh, something.
0: Anyway, the this movie was... It's
1: a good Jill and Jay. all performance. I, he's kind of underrated, in my opinion. Like, he's kind of always pretty interesting in movies he's a big performer like i you know he he is not afraid of doing like these big swing type he made like he plays this wacky character in oak jaw which was like uh um uh, bong Jun ho's movie before he made parasite and that mm-hmm. was that movie's not great but he's just going for it he's going for it in the follow what was the movie that was a follow up to Nightcrawler, which is Nightcrawler's his best performance. Um, mm-hmm. the same director made another movie about The Art Industry. I can't think of the name off the top of my head now, all of a sudden. Mostly because it's not a great movie, but, um, he's wild. Sportsball? No, he's a boxer or a UFC guy And that. No, but he's very committed and he, you know, he does, I think he just. I think he's really good. Nightcrawler, he should have gotten an Oscar nomination for it, did not. Um he's obviously great in like Brokeback Mountain and um, I don't know I just think he's uh always good and this is another really good uh Hall performance and so I would recommend the movie on that. I don't know if the um I don't it, it, the story is is fine enough I think he's what carries it I, some of the ending is a little bit eh but
0: do you see the person he's talking to in no. the movie
1: Every, there's only there's it's him and then there's a few other people that are, he interacts with at the office oh but for the most part those it's aren't just... they're not main characters though because the main other characters are people on the phone so weird so it's kind of like... Um, For a whole movie? Yeah, you know, another good movie that's kind of like this that's fairly recent is Tom Hardy was in a movie called Lock where he was in a car the entire movie talking to people on the phone on his car phone. And it's kind of a good movie because Tom Hardy's a good actor mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, it's compelling enough. And so, you know, it's enough. Like, Does it, the
0: person survive? Uh,
1: yeah, I think that goes into spoiler territory. I,
0: I know, but like now I want to know.
1: It's pre- I think you would probably enjoy the movie. It's, and it's, it's like, I don't know, it's 80 minutes. You can okay. get it done in. Alright. I'm into so. that. Yeah. And it's a good Jill and performance. So. Who I love. Yeah. Okay. No. I mean, it's a little, yeah. I think the modern ads, the things that they added are related to like police politics. And I think that's, you know, whatever you think about that, that's fine. I just think that it's apparent in the script a little bit that it's like an addition. It feels a little, almost a little out of place. Like it just feels a little bit. Weighty in terms of like dragging the plot down a little bit, but it's not not distracting enough that it. I think Gyllenhaal Hall's good enough through all that stuff too. So okay,
0: yeah. interesting.
1: It's good. Um, I would recommend it. Um, another movie that I watched. This is a, this is a weird one because I this has very highly regarded, lots of really great reviews, and I feel like it's going to be on about hundred different like critics' top ten lists at the end of the year because this is what this is the kind of movie it is. And it's one where I watched it and I was just like, huh, well, yeah, Mm -hmm. it's called The Killing of Two Lovers. This is on Hulu now. Um, It's a really small movie about uh, this couple who have decided to separate but not um, divorce. They have kids. Um, The notable thing about it is the movie opens with the husband standing over his separated wife. In their bedroom, she's in bed with a man, another man, Mm -hmm. and he pulls out a gun and he's pointing it at them. And that's, like, the opening scene of the movie. And the rest of the movie is kind of about this idea that this guy might violently react to the situation. And there's supposedly supposed to be tension in that. But what's weird about the movie is that it is trying very hard to get a viewer to invest in their relationship mm-hmm. and to invest mm-hmm. in them reconciling and to reconcile with the kids because he, the dad is pretty good with the kids and etc cetera, etc cetera. but it, i find that to be very weird that this man who's driven to the point of like pointing a gun is someone that we want to root for him to get back with his i, I find it very odd and i it's a very it's thorny in a in a way that it made me a little uncomfortable mm-hmm. um, and on top of it i just don't know if like the movie itself is um, as dynamic as it thinks or other people have said it is i I don't think the performances are especially great. Yeah, They're gonna, okay. I don't recognize these No, actors. it's a small movie. It's it's just one of those that will be... It's not like going to be up for awards or anything, but it's kind of one of those movies that critics like tend to circle around and be like, this is great. Look at this director's debut. And yeah, I think it's strikingly shot in its spareness. And there's some ideas here. And it's certainly novel. I mean, you're getting this relationship drama where there's a threat of violence, I guess. But to me, it never really... I think when you start that way... You automatically have a perception of this character that it's going to cloud the whole movie, and I, and that's intentional. But I, I don't know if it gets back to where it needs to get back to when it tries to come on, kind of create this other dramatic heft. So for me, it was not uh, an effective movie. So, hmm. but I I find it odd that it. I read a lot of reviews after watching it, and I'd be like, eh, yeah, and it's kind of one of those that I just am like, I don't know. To me. It seems like there's a lot of groupthink around it. Like, oh, this is great. And like sometimes when these small movies come about or there's a new quote unquote voice, there's a lot of, um, rushing to uh, celebrate it a little bit. And sometimes I, I think that it's like, uh, yeah, but like, th- what did he do here? It wasn't like, it's not that accomplished, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's very small scale. And if the drama doesn't work, which it didn't for me, like, what are you left with a, a small scale drama that i don't think works all that well hmm. i don't know so but i'm definitely in the minority so maybe i'm wrong i don't know
0: was the point of it to to portray someone who is a good guy that could snap into the bad guy role
1: yes yes but i don't know i just i find that to be uh, when it comes to and maybe that's a that, that that's a fair point and maybe there are people that are that way but when you are doing that in a movie where you're still trying to get them together and the the, the intention is to like resolve this, uh, are there red conflict. flags
0: or is it like a leap from like I'm this good father? I kind of feel like, like it's a, a fucking gun. I
1: kind of feel like it's a leap from the beginning. And even though you get it from the beginning, like I just I don't get a sense of it being. A part of his DNA, even when you yeah. get to know him more, yeah. and so to me, it doesn't doesn't Versus work. Versus a
0: character that like subtly has red flags that you're like, oh, this this is gonna fucking happen. And
1: and, and what's the point of the movie in that like we're worried that like that that the, the dramatic tension is either like oh they're gonna get together again or she, he's gonna kill her. Oh wow! Or and the guy and you're just like, well, why? Okay, why does it have to be one of the two? And I feel like the movie is always just on this road to one of two options, and I don't understand. Do you think people being... are
0: fascinated by this story because people are fascinated when this happens in the news? Which it does inevitably Absolutely. several times a year.
1: Yeah, but I think when you frame it I think it's a matter of it it's a it's a matter of perspective because the man is definitely the main character and the woman is not. And so and maybe that's the novelty of it—is like we're trying to get into the. I don't know. I just feel like we've seen like we've seen versions of this. It's better. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I just don't think it works. All right. Uh,
0: yeah. Enough there. Let's move on.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, um. Oh. Okay. So I watched um. Nightmare Alley. Okay it's the 1940s version of nightmare alley this is the movie that guillermo del toro is going to have out in december oh. he remade it actually he it apparently his version is more based on the book um okay. and this is kind of about uh like a traveling circus traveling sideshow and uh this guy who's you know starts low realizes he can become a talented illusionist and kind of uh rise to the top but then like you know some other CD or bad choices come back to to haunt him etc etc um, it's a criterion disc that I almost bought but then I because it wasn't streaming anywhere but I wanted to watch it because I was curious. And then I was just like, right before I went on Amazon to buy it, I was like, well, you know, sometimes these old movies are just on YouTube. <laughs> and then I Googled YouTube, and then sure enough, there's a pretty good quality version of it just sitting there on YouTube. Bang. So I watched it. It has now uh, since uh been recently aired on Turner Classic Movies, so okay. it's on the TCM app now. Um, I knew that was going to happen. I just, when I was thinking about watching it, I found it. Um It's pretty good. I'm very curious to see what Guillermo del Toro's version adds and does like the trailer for it has a lot of a character that william defoe William defoe plays that Mm -hmm. is not barely in the old one and i think it's more of a book character so i think that's fun bradley cooper is like the lead of it um it's a very interesting dynamic because it's gonna you can tell why guillermo del Toro be interested in it because it's got like the seediness but it's also got like the fun house a lot of production design elements that you can probably have fun with um uh, it's pretty good. It's a it's a it's kind of a, a for the forties kind of a nasty little noir. I was going to
0: say I was reading a little bit of the history here. Yeah. it, and uh, I guess there's a DVD commentary, which you obviously probably did on the not Criterion disc. To. Yeah, and it says um, that it was unusual among film noir in having like top stars, production staff, pretty large budget. Um, but it was not a financial success at yeah. its release, Due in part to protests against some of the scandalous content.
1: There's definitely some of that. It's like not what? like... What are we talking
0: about? Well, there's I mean... scandalous content.
1: I can't think of the name now, but like the, right off the bat, like, there's a character in the beginning that's like uh Played
0: by Tyrone Power?
1: No. Not like the main star? That's the main guy. No, what is it called? It's in the name of the... It's right... They talk about it, and it's in the description of the movie, where it, it's like a guy who's so low, he's such a boozer, that he will do anything for booze, and so uh he, like, bites chickens. He's, like, a, he eats raw, you know, live animals to the crowd. It's called, like, a... There's a name for it.
0: Okay. Um, I not see that, but all right.
1: He eat Yeah, so there's this character that's that way, and kind of the opening discussion is just, like, how can someone fall so low, blah, 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 and then it's, you know, kind of a story about people falling that low, so... Um Yeah, it's just a little bit, you know, seedy. There's in, in a four. I mean, there's nothing graphic in the movie. It's made in the forties, but um, yeah. But
0: what other scandalous thing would, would, would result in protests?
1: I think that would I. would biting chickens. Some adult. It's not even on screen. And then there's you know. I think it's the se- you know there's sex. adultery and sex, not on screen again. But yeah, it's the forties. People are you know. That's very common of those movies. Mm-hmm. Really, I don't know. why – honestly, I don't know why. I would say the particular. content is no different. It's just maybe the, the setting because there's, you know, it's just like, you know, people who are booze hounds and troubled and, um, yeah. It's weird because in the trailer, the trailer, the new trailer heavily features like Kate Blanchett and she plays a character that doesn't come into that movie for a long time. So, um... Anyway, I don't know it'd be i'm eager to see what del toro does i I like this version it's good it's um, but yeah, you know it makes you wonder like why why this is the thing that del toro wanted to do them in? yeah, yeah and i like that idea so no i'm glad but I watched is it. Is it a
0: straight remake it's not like a remake that's of the filming of the movie no no
1: it <laughs> like i said this already angela i was reading the oh. mystery sorry he, apparently it's a book and del toro's version is more more, more based on the book willem okay. Defoe's character is barely in the old version and yet he seems at least very front line in the trailer so um interesting. there's different elements to it i guess um and then, uh, finally, I watched The Many Saints of Newark. This is the Sopranos prequel. You keep saying
0: that, and it sounds like you're saying The Many Saints of
1: Newark. Like, tiny. Mini. Many, many. Several. Many. Um, I was not a... I didn't watch a lot of The Sopranos. I watched enough. I feel like I watched a good season of it and then, like, kept It's kind of one of those shows that I kept up on, knowing like what was going on, but didn't really watch. And then I was, I remember watching the last couple episodes of the series. Um, so it's nothing that was too, too special to me, but you know, I obviously acknowledge it was a really good show. Um, this is a weird movie. It is, it seems like it should be a mini series because it, there's a lot of characters and a lot of it is, very protracted scenes and it it just feels like it's cut down from something else um and um yeah it's just there's some good elements to it Mike, so michael gand his son is playing tony soprano but he's really only in the second half of the movie and he's not a main character then either Mm -hmm. uh alessandro nivola who (laughs) we will remember as billy in jurassic park 3 yeah but he was also really good in that What's that movie we, that I watched in the last couple years where he was like a, a self-defense, like a martial arts instructor? The art... A
0: the, self-defense. Uh, the art of self-defense. He's
1: really good in that. He's really good in the mini-saints of New York. So is Ray Liotta in a way that is... Ray Liotta plays like a mob kingpin guy, but his role in the movie shifts. Mm. And I liked what he does later in the movie more than his early scenes. So I liked... Um, that element of it, I like some of the performances, but Leslie Odom Jr. is in it, but he feels like he's in a whole different movie. What? And he feels like a whole cut sequence out of another series. Like, it just feels, it what? definitely feels like it was intended to be like a mini series that they crammed into a movie. And so to me, it doesn't work narratively. And where it lands, it just feels like, okay, well, it seems like you guys didn't build this up like it needed to be, so. Um, yeah, it was a, not a great movie. I think people who like The Sopranos will probably find some enjoyment in it, obviously. Cause it, I mean, there's a ton of references and I'm sure I didn't get some of it right offhand, but none of it, I, I will say that I don't think the references are distracting. Mm. Um, I think that they're there in like little moments and then the characters are people that, you know, I, there was a couple times I had to look up was like, oh yeah, is this character supposed to be this? Vera Farmiga is really good as like the matriarch of the family, mm. but again, she's only in like, I don't know, 10 minutes? Like, cause she's barely in the thing, and you kind of want to follow... There's a lot of characters there's you want to follow, characters. and then you don't get to, and it just feels like, like a missed opportunity.
0: Whose story is this?
1: Alessandra Novola's character, for the most part. It's kind of his story. He's got... Yeah, there's... I don't know. There's a lot that doesn't work. There's this whole <laughs> other sequence with, like, Ray Liotta's, like, ex-wife that he's involved with that uh, doesn't work. It just doesn't work. So...
0: The interesting thing about The Sopranos as an old millennial is Mm -hmm. that it started in 99 Mm -hmm. and ended in, like, 2006, 2007, which is, like, our, like, end of high school, beginning of college time. Yeah. So I imagine a lot of us maybe didn't get into it, and it being HBO, which was so exclusive.
1: Yeah, and I... That's... I mean, that's how I saw some of this. My parents had HBO. They watched it, so then I watched some. But it was kind of before... And this is why, I think. It was before... It was all. I mean, you had to watch. If there'd be a day where they'd run it all day, and you could catch up, right? Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the, you didn't have. We had DVR, but my parents didn't like. They record could figure it. it out. No, they didn't record that, <laughs> so there was no way to like watch it then. And then by the time that it was on DVD and um, Amazon Prime or whatever for a while, I never was just like, well, I've seen some of that. I know how it ends. I know all of that involved with how that ended, and blah blah mm-hmm. blah, and I. And I really like how this, I mean, for someone who's only like a kind of a casual Sopranos viewer, mm-hmm. I really like that last episode for what it does. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the, the Gandolfini kids, cause Gandolfini, James Gandolfini's gone, mm-hmm. which is sad, cause he's a great actor. And his son looks like him, for sure. And he's yeah. not bad. I think he's like, he's good. It's just the movie's not, I don't know, it's not about that character very much. And I, and it, it's trying to make a, it's trying to make a leap in the last few minutes of like, this is how he, they made Tony Soprano. And I don't think it gets there. Uh, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. It's okay, but I feel like it could have been a better as a, a show, probably. Yeah. And I, I don't usually say that because I don't. You know how I don't like watching shows. You do
0: not like TV.
1: And then I watched Squid Game. No, I didn't watch Squid Game. Everybody's watching Squid Game, but I didn't watch.
0: Yeah, it. Yeah. A funny thing about you is that if if um, if anything reaches a certain threshold of popularity, you're immediately out.
1: Yeah, I feel like we watched Tiger King right on the verge of me being like, I'm not watching that. Yep. It was right on the edge, and we finished it, and I was like, I feel bad that I finished this too popular thing.
0: You're like, I'm a sucker, <laughs> doing what all the other suckers are doing. I kind
1: of enjoyed Tiger King, but yes, we definitely I like probably that. would enjoy Squid Game, but uh, you know, now I'm at a point where I was like, I can't watch that.
0: <laughs> I, I haven't watched it either. I've only heard a couple, a very few, very, two small comments about it, and I think one of the comments I watched was, like, talking about, like, it was a tech japanese guy and he was talking about how got, oh, no, no the guy i was listening to and he was talking about how he learned about korean film oh. from like um
1: boy. old boy old boy old boy now yeah.
0: that and, and i feel like it now everyone's into korean stuff and i'm like well
1: parasite uh, you gotta remember parasite just won best picture yeah. a year and a half ago yep. which is a great movie mm-hmm. bong Ho is a great director yeah oh that just reminds me i <laughs> okay his there was a movie that he made a few years ago called Memories of Murder that I've again almost bought on Criterion a few different times cuz it's never like rentable. Well then this summer they made it rentable, but it was like 6.99. I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll get to that one. it's like 2.99 or whatever." And then last weekend it was like free, rent for free, but you had to rent it So I rented it and I was like, okay, I'll watch this because it gives you 30 days to start the rental.
0: Have you watched it? No, it's been. Oh, what is it?
1: It's called Memories of Murder. You have three weeks left? I got three more weeks to watch it. I'd
0: watch that with you.
1: Yeah, but it's one movie that he made, it's one of his earlier movies.
0: So it's exciting that. I've
1: seen a lot of his other ones, but not that one.
0: Even if it's Squid Game and I don't know the quality of it, that. Korean filmmakers and Korean creators are are getting attention, and
1: that's great. I have no, I have nothing against it. I just when my mom calls me, she's like, "Did you watch the Squid Game?" I'm like, "Mom, no, <laughs> I can't do this with you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do that." <laughs>
0: Oh my goodness, I remember watching Sopranos at your house And I don't know how you ever watched anything at your house Because you guys would have the TV So you would watch
1: Sopranos on no, there No, I
0: didn't watch, so that's what we'd come to visit for during college Yeah, yeah, yeah And then your parents would have it on while yeah. doing 16 fucking other things
1: Yeah, I don't know how oh, that works I don't Because that's not like a, that's a sit and watch show Not and, like and you can it have it on started, in the background And it'd be
0: like 10 minutes in, I, I, I was like, this is terrible I don't know, I don't know this show
1: yeah, I mean, it was probably like a few seasons in at that point. Oh, it was like four like seasons in. Yeah, again, I, there's a lot of those. I, I mean, I probably, I, I mean, in total, I might, maybe I've seen 25% of The Sopranos, which is not very much, but it's enough. I mean, I wasn't lost. Like again, you just Google, like, oh yeah, that guy's supposed to be the other guy. Yeah. Cool.
0: You were the guy who knows more about shows than the people who are watching them.
1: I do. I know, <laughs> I still know what's going on in The Walking Dead despite never watching past episode three of the first season of The Walking Dead, but I kind of know, like, Whenever something happens on The Walking Dead I'm like, "Oh yeah, that stupid show's still going." Mm-hmm. And I hear about it, I'm like, "Oh yeah. Ooh, oh, they killed another character." Like, well, I don't. a lot a stupid show. That's <laughs> all they do. though. All it is is just killing characters off and they're being like, "It's a show, see." And you're just like, "They all they do is kill people. Who cares? Zombies, 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 whatever." <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, I haven't been watching much recently. I No, you
1: like to mock other people for having too much time with their hands playing Fortnite. Time.
0: Must be nice. Whatever. No, just kidding. Anyway, so I did watch uh, a show you told me to watch,
1: oh, Manifest. I only told you to watch it because it was very, it was like before Squid Game came out, it was always like in the top two of Netflix. Yeah, like I said. it kept
0: wanting me to watch it, and yeah. then I wasn't, and then you told me, so I was like, fine, I'll watch it.
1: Well, it got saved. It, like, it was on NBC, and then Netflix saved it for another season. I think that's why I was like, yeah, people are watching that because it got saved or whatever, so...
0: So it's a it's very lost uh yeah, reminiscent because of the there's a plane. Yeah. So anything that involves a plane from now through the eternity of time shall be referenced it's as a like mystery a lost show. derivative.
1: Yeah, a mystery um, show.
0: So these people go on a flight yeah. and then they see have some turbulence and then they land thinking everything's fine. When they land five years have passed. Everyone thought they were missing and dead.
1: So it's like a movie it's version like
0: a It's a like blip. the blip it's like
1: the Marvel blip. Yes. It's like doing that only in a but TV only show only full. That's well, not a bad idea for and a show. And
0: then the passengers start experiencing kind of like premonitions or they start hearing voices of like, do this, do this, do this. And the doing of things saves people or helps them. And so then it's just kind of... Where'd
1: they go for five years?
0: That is the question. Oh, well, they haven't answered it still?
1: Mm-mm. Oh, God.
0: And it is <laughs> one of those shows that I will play while doing like... uh monotonous work. So I probably have missed some points. Um, but the last season that aired on Netflix did end on like a significant cliffhanger.
1: Oh yeah. So they're doing one more year. They've said they must be. Yeah. I'll tell you Just one Netflix saved it.
0: I'll tell you the note I take from, uh, how, how little interested I was in this. Mm -hmm. There's the main actor. And for like the first 15 episodes I watched, I was like, God, that guy's familiar. Mm -hmm. God, he's really familiar. Where the fuck have I seen him from? And And I never cared enough to actually go look. Oh. And I only looked right now that he's from the show Once Once Upon a... whatever.
1: Once Upon a Time or Once Upon... Yes. And now I'm
0: like, oh, yeah, that's where that guy's from.
1: (laughs) That's it. I think a lot of these shows, and this is why I haven't had interest in them since Lost, um, we were... You and I, in particular, were people that started watching... I don't think we saw it in the first year, but we started watching it weekly when it came out. And it was like when it was like and I know I make fun of all this stuff that like it's too popular to watch, but like we were watching Lost when it was like people, it was like the thing that people were watching. Mm-hmm. And I I am of the opinion that Lost works as a show that you have to wait for. Like you, like I know people watch. Most people watch Lost, bingeing it on Netflix or mm-hmm. whatever. But I feel like that show was better when you got to stew in its mystery a little bit. I also think that they. It was JJ, you know, JJ Abrams was in start, involved in the beginning of that. Yep. And what he's really good at, um, is good or bad, shows. Is, is casting. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. it's a mm-hmm. great cast. And that's why that show kind of just continues to work. And then, so when the ending gets to the point when there's like some lingering questions or some confusion or there's too many things that happened, I'm just like, well, it was more about the journey because we had to wait week to week and we had to do that. Whereas I feel like people that watched Lost after it was over and binged it. You're not getting that, and you're just like, well, that was just silliness. And I feel like now that's the thing that is harder for shows like that now. They're all just on Netflix. I know Manifest was on NBC and it was weekly, but most people have been watching it through like Netflix and stuff like that. And I don't know. I feel like there's a little element that gets lost in a show like that when you don't have a lot of that stewing time to kind of like feel like you're getting to know a character. It's all burned through,
0: right? Because I think with the binging you you allow yourself no space to actually like reconsider or think about what you've just consumed so then it actually doesn't even stick in your mind very. it
1: also works on i'll say this about lost too is that lost is a show where like for the first few three seasons very little time goes by it's like two months maybe right and characters die and there's focus flashbacks and stuff like that and then that character will be kind of in the background for a few episodes right And when people... I I think this was important. Like, when a a major character died on Lost, um, it was important that you felt that death for weeks Mm -hmm. of the show going on or over a summer versus, like, I you know, when a character dies and Claire is really sad about that. Mm-hmm. If you're just binging that show and then she's like having this lighthearted moment and you're just like, "Oh yeah, the person that she really cares about died 2 days ago." <laughs> and it's just like you, the, if you think about it that way, it doesn't work that well okay, cuz you're just like, yeah. "Oh yeah, like this is weird. Like all this terrible shit that just happened to her happened like a day ago, mm-hmm. but because it's been like 10 weeks since we've like focused a storyline on her, it feels longer." Mm-hmm. And I think like there's an advantage in that storytelling whereas mm-hmm. you lose it a little bit on a, on a uh uh a binge watch and i wonder if manifest has a lot of cast that has that same issue maybe i don't know i'm just I would speculating say
0: manifest does not have the quality of casting that uh lost here's
1: has. the other thing i think gloss was also just for the most part really well done and really well written i know that it gets shit for some of its choices but like it was handled by people who are talented
0: skimp no i mean on story I mean, on.
1: famously, the mistake was they didn't have a plan to end it, and so they had to kind of reconfigure how they were going to adjust their last few seasons, and that's fine. And I think the worst season of the show was season two, when you got the sense of just, like, we don't know what we're going to do. And that was kind of where it was, like, a little bit, uh eh. But then when it got weirder, because, like, I, I like the later seasons of Lost, and people don't, but it's just, like, those are the weird seasons, but, like, they're weird, but they, you knew that they were, like, well, yeah, but you could see that they're, like, they're swinging for they're something. They're going somewhere. Yeah,
0: they're headed somewhere. And it
1: might be it might be ridiculous, but at least there's a there seems to have been a plan. Whereas I, I think a lot of people think like oh they never had a plan. It's like well no they did after about two years mm-hmm. and then they maybe you didn't like their plan but they did they did know what they were doing after that. So
0: mm-hmm. anyway, crazy that was like over ten years ago. I know that anyway. it ended.
1: That's kind of related to Manifest. Though I see the picture for Manifest, and I'm like that's just lost.
0: They're just they just want to smooch off that lost. I know. Okay, well we have. Shared a lot about we've wa- of what we've watched. Uh, you recommended The Guilty, yeah, The Killing of Two Lovers, yeah, like a it's skip. fine. There you go. Nightmare Alley,
1: I like that. You should watch it before you watch the new one with Del- for Del Toro. That oh, comes that's out the in- nineteen
0: forty seven one.
1: And the other one, the new one, comes out in late. Dis- you know, it's everything's weird Open right year, now. Yeah. Who knows? It's supposed to come out in limited release. I don't know if it'll be. It hasn't been screened. It hasn't been showing up at festivals, so who knows if it's even done. So mm-hmm. it's supposed to be out, though.
0: So even though it's a 1947 movie, like, will it hold my attention? Um. Oh. Is it in color? No. Oh, gross. <laughs> it's like black and white? I don't, I, yeah, I
1: don't, I don't know. I would start on this list with, I think you would like the guilty, the best of the ones I mentioned. Oh, I
0: love Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. so I'll watch him do about anything. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you'd did recommend the many 775 no, I didn't if you're a Sopranos that.
1: fan. Yeah, it's not great, though. I didn't think it was that very good, but whatever. That's on HBO Max, at least for a few more uh, okay. days, at least. I don't know.
0: And now we officially transition into Beetlejuice. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know, I was trying to think. Have we done a lot of Tim Burton movies? And I want to say that we haven't. Um, and I find this one to be we an odd the one. Nightmare start, Before
0: Christmas. Which is,
1: I mean, it, that's... Very much a Tim Burton movie But he's not like the director We haven't um, done
0: Edward Scissorhands Which no. I want to do
1: Yeah There's been a lot I mean I
0: can't name a lot of other Tim I've <laughs> been trying to get
1: you to do Every Christmas I'm just like We gotta do Batman Returns And you're just like I don't wanna I, watch a only, Batman movie
0: It does not feel like A Tim Burton movie It
1: is oh, oh my god That's like the most Tim Burton movie I would say Is it? Yeah I think I don't
0: know Tim Burton's all about like Weird Yes Things You don't remember
1: Batman Returns do you?
0: Uh <laughs> Well, when I searched Burton, maybe that wasn't the best way to search on our website because I got, Burton? Like, I got a, like the Little Mermaid episode. Don't uh, know what's happening there. Uh, we
1: probably anytime I mentioned Burton Guster from Psych, maybe. Okay. Well, we're getting another Psych movie by the way in a couple weeks.
0: Oh, we did Sleepy Hollow.
1: Oh, that's Tim Burton. Yeah, we did so that there. We, we did, did that Mars last tex. year. Oh yeah, we've done a couple. All Is right, that
0: Tim Burton because it just showed up. Sure yeah, did. Director.
1: Yeah. All right. Whoa. I guess we've done a lot of Tim Burton. I guess those are a little bit like mid. There's three phases of Tim Burton. There's this phase like kind of early Tim Burton, early to mid big hit swing, big swing, and then it was like the 90s Tim Burton where he was still being kind of weird and wacky but then but it was maybe teetering a little bit and then there's mm-hmm. been this late period Tim Burton, which I think nobody really would say is his best period, but um yeah, Tim burton this uh, Beetlejuice is weird because this is the one that he makes after like Peewee's big adventure. That's How big is
0: that hit. a Tim Burton movie? Well, it
1: is. And it, that, this is kind of like the one he... That that's a hit. And this is kind of what he casts his chips in to make. And it's a very strange... uh Man, what an... This is a... I mean, it's very... I mean, you, you can't think about Beetlejuice without thinking Tim Burton. And that's true of the movie when you watch it. You can definitely tell it's a movie by him. But mm-hmm. man, is it a? I I find it to be such a... We'll get into it. But I, I find it to be such an odd hit. Like, this was a hit. Yeah. And I find it to be so odd that people were like, yeah, I,
0: I loved this. Like I when mean, it came
1: out. I just find that the, yeah. I, I just find that bizarre cuz it's such a weird movie.
0: I am immediately curious what other movies were hits in this time period. Like what was happening well, in our culture. And it's
1: so different I guess that it, you know that's what worked, but God, it's just such a weird movie.
0: Which we're going to talk about. Yeah. First, we're going to talk about what did we remember before we re-watched it.
1: Did you actually write something down? I
0: actually did. Oh. So the podcast is called Old Millennials Remember Movies. Yes. It should be called, like, Angela sort of doesn't remember movies and Tyler remembers everything. Mm. Movies.
1: Actually, not in this case, but go ahead.
0: Okay. So this is where we sit down, we write what we remember before we watch it. No Mm -hmm. cheating allowed. I... Had a couple of very specific memories of this call. Oh, so oh. I feel like I did pretty good. I yeah. missed a couple things. Okay, here we go. What do you remember? After dying in a car accident, what's your name and what's his face Good. stuck in their home. <laughs> Listen, people's names are not my got it. strength, Tyler Wilson. Mm-hmm. There's scary sand creatures outside and new people moving in, including Catherine O'Hara. Got that one. And Winona Ryder. Got that one. They try to scare them away and get desperate enough to summon Beetlejuice. And then all hell breaks loose. I also remember a scene where they're like in the underworld or something and have to like take a ticket that's like a billion numbers away. So, false memory, Alec Baldwin swaps it for somebody else's. I didn't fully understand that joke until the first time I had to take a ticket at the DMV.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's pretty good. You got a lot of details, right? And I... Before we started watching this movie, this is one of those weird ones where I was just like, I don't remember this movie. <laughs> it's, uh, it's,
0: okay, we only have a handful of times that this happens where like yeah. I specifically remember something that you are just like. It, it's weird.
1: It, we've uh, we've had this DVD mm-hmm. since uh, I'm pretty sure I got out of a Walmart bin. In college, circa two thousand six or seven, five dollars. Mm-hmm. It's one of those cardboard ones with the little flap you had to untap. Mm-hmm. When I, it was still sealed when we got it out to watch it this uh, this season. It, it was uh, those stickers on the side and top are were a bitch back then, <laughs> but when it's been fifteen years, they're even worse. Oh. Man, it took forever to get that son you just of a bitch use a off. A little
0: paring knife, <laughs> cut right through the slit
1: paring knife. I have a paring knife. You think I have a paring knife next to my DVD player?
0: It's like our kitchen's four feet away from <sighs> the living room. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> That's the still on. So is there now sticker residue on oh, there? Oh, there's...
1: St- well, no, there's still sticker on there, though. Because uh, it's just like... It's... Anyway. Terrible. So, yeah, it's a- one of those DVDs. It's one of those. It has... It's two-sided. You have to squint on the tiny little print to see which one was full screen, which one was widescreen. The movie just started playing. The menu has production notes where you click through if you want to learn about the movie there's no bonus features no, it's just, just production notes you have to read yeah, it's one of those dvds from the, the you know it was made in 1999 um yeah anyway okay so um, what
0: did you remember about the movie
1: well i remembered uh michael keaton is a goofball ghoul messing with alec baldwin and gina davis i remember the actors in it of course they're dead or something and then some other people come to live in their house Catherine O'Hara and Winona ryder so i was getting the cast too. yeah um despite liking this movie as a kid i feel like maybe i saw this when i was a little too young and didn't like the ghost stuff i don't know i remember that singing dinner scene and a few quintessential tim burton visuals but it's honestly been 15 plus years since i've seen it i even had to unwrap the old cardboard dvd snap box (laughs) with those horrible stickers on top and the side and it's so old the sticker wouldn't come off like at all like a million pieces of sticker see i wrote it (laughs)
0: lots of sticker talk
1: There was, like, a million... Yeah, now it's even triggered now because it was, like, a million pieces of sticker. Oh, my God, these were so funny. Um, Yeah, I feel like this was a movie that I definitely think I saw... Edward Scissorhands was, like, the more seen of, like, this period of Tim Burton for me. And that Beetlejuice I must have seen when I was a little bit too young and found some of, like, the sight gag shots, like, when Alec Baldwin, like has his head t- come off And
0: he, or they tr- pull and stretch their faces in a really like,
1: and there's a you way. know a quick shot where Gina Davis is like hanging in a closet mm-hmm. and I feel like I was too young when I saw this movie and therefore that stuff was like oh I don't know if I like this movie and I think it always kind of left a little bit of a, a taste in my mouth that's like this is not a comedy this is something that I find icky maybe and I didn't have a lot of desire to rewatch it so there's a little bit of that going on when I uh, see it um And then, of course, when we started watching it, I felt like – I mean, what's weird is that I don't remember the – I remember the scenes. When you mentioned the scene of the ticket and stuff like that, I'm like, oh, yeah, now I know. I know exactly this movie. Mm -hmm. I know the scenes you say, but, like, my structure of it is all over the place. Yeah. Like, I assume that that scene where Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis go to the underworld and, like, learn is, like, at the beginning of the movie. No. It's, like, halfway through. Like, it takes a while for us to get to that. Like, they are ghosts, and they have to kind of figure it out or whatever. And then the weird thing is, is this when we turn this on, you immediately realize, like, it goes... It says the cast list, and it goes, and Michael Keaton is mm-hmm. Beetlejuice. And you're just like, oh, is it, he not in this movie very much? And he's not.
0: <laughs> he really isn't.
1: He's not in the movie. For a movie that is his... He is the namesake. Although, all of this is very weird, because he's Beetlejuice, but spelled totally differently. <laughs> and I, there must be... There's obviously some kind of, like... um mythic or um, religious undercurrent that, I mean, it's a reference to something that's long been around, right? Mm-hmm. The the actual spelling. But, like, the movie in the marketing, I guess, decided to just go off of, like, that scene where Winona Ryder has to play charades to understand his name, where you do beetle and you do Juice. Mm-hmm. And that's just how they decided to, you know, spell it on the poster. But I find that all to be... Like, I need to... Like, that's one of those weird things where I don't know, call it ADHD <laughs> or call it um, call it whatever you want. I'm just like, why is it called Beetlejuice? Like, I need an explanation for this. Like, why did we change the spelling? Um,
0: well, if you'd like the answer.
1: Oh, good. Thank you.
0: Um, from not a reliable source, just the internet and what Google decided to show me right here.
1: Okay. Good. No, this is very accurate. Then. Oh,
0: for sure. Definitely.
1: Did you hear this. the masks don't work and the vaccine is bad? <laughs> uh,
0: so, Beetlejuice was named after the Beetle Goose. You know, G E U S E Mm. star. It's
1: a G E U S E kind of thing. Star
0: in the Orion constellation. Okay. The reasoning behind that is that Beetlejuice is supposed to be the doorway to the infinite blackness of outer space, a metaphor for Beetlejuice being the doorman of the underworld.
1: But is he? He's not the doorman of the underworld.
0: Listen, I told you that it wasn't a reliable source.
1: I mean, that might be the reason, but he's not, that's not really his character. I mean, the way that they show him to be, he's just like a huckster guy who's just trying to make a few bucks in the underworld, it seems like, or something to do. Uh, not, not make a few bucks, but like, whatever. He's just, he, he's an exorcist of the living, Mm -hmm. which I Mm -hmm. like that premise, but, um, yeah, um, yeah, but he's not in much of the movie. And what I realized when watching it, when he appears, um, you realize that, oh, he's not in a lot of this because any more of him would be terrible for this oh, movie. so bad. Because he is not, um, it's a good character and it's a good performance, but it is not a character that you want uh, running around You don't want to a spend movie. a lot of time with him. No, because he has a dirtbag.
0: <laughs> yeah. Before we, before we <laughs> yeah. talk more about that, we're going to do a little high stats. Oh, yeah. I forgot we have segments. High stats is where we talk about, you know, the numbers and the whatnots and the what have you. Yeah. So, Beetlejuice, I would have guessed, strongly, that this would have been a fall release movie. Sure. Because it's so kind of Halloweeny y
1: Summer, spooky. right?
0: Release date, March 30th.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: You know when you want to watch a, a spooky movie? Springtime. Yeah. Okay, clocks in at 92 minutes. Uh, it is obviously directed by Tim Burton, who we've mentioned, screened by, by a couple of dudes. Yep. Yep.
1: I thought uh, I had some notes on that, but I didn't write them down. So. Okay, Not the that budget
0: important. was fifteen million dollars. Very
1: that's that's notable. Very low budget. I mean, obviously you fifteen fifteen million is more than than it is now, but yeah, that's a small budget for what's going on in this movie.
0: And but in a box office eighty about eighty five million. Big hit. Yeah, well, that's pretty good.
1: See it, I know that there was some weird talk about um, whether michael keaton was right for this um it's something that he this was like a warm-up for the outcry that he got for when he got cast as batman which would come the next year right um because he was largely known as a comedic actor mm-hmm. uh, and this is a comedic part so that works a little bit better but i think a lot of people are like well, okay um but yeah i mean geez he really got thrown under the ringer no what what actually one of the i want to say that Keaton michael keaton has um like a hulu show that just came out and so he's been doing Press, and apparently you know he's also he's appearing as Bruce Wayne in some Flash movie that's coming out in a year or so. Okay, and I will take. I do really appreciate how like after all the shit that Michael Keaton got for being Batman, he is like everybody. No, everybody's favorite Batman is Michael Keaton. <laughs> like I know that young younger people will say like Christian Bale or whatever, but no, like he has been vindicated uh beyond reproach like everybody just loves i i mean i don't give a shit about this flash movie but i'm just like oh he's gonna be fucking batman i'm excited about that and he seems excited about it he seems embraced by it, embracing it and i just i love that i love that um michael keaton is uh around because he's usually he's great in everything um so talented. And he's good in this. It's just that he's playing a dirt bag.
0: <laughs> he definitely is.
1: Um, Some
0: other notable uh, items. Yeah. Uh, Beetlejuice won an Academy Award.
1: For like makeup or production yep. design? For
0: best makeup.
1: Yeah, it's earned. Yep. Cast also includes, we mentioned everybody except for <laughs> a notable dirt uh, bag, Jeffrey Jones, um, which we talked about in, I think, the Sleepy Hollow <laughs> episode. Sure, did. Um And then. Uh, Robert Goulet <laughs> he was very distracting as like uh, Jeffrey Jones' boss in a couple of scenes
0: oh he's barely oh well, yeah
1: but you see him and all I think about is Will Ferrell going Goulet <laughs> I
0: did not that does not pop in my head that's all what I can think from?
1: about I guess I know when he played Robert Goulet oh my god <laughs> so I always find it I-, I always do that when I see him in in movies but
0: there was a stage musical of this in 2019.
1: There's a lot of weird things that came of this. Uh, oh, that that must not have done well, I'm assuming. 2019, is that... Did that...
0: It had its final performance in June of 2020. So the
1: answer is, well, okay, but every... What? <laughs> June of 2020? Mm-hmm. Like, that would have been closed down anyway. Is it, like, coming back, or was it, like, not going to come back anyway?
0: In December 2019, the producers announced that the production would play its final performance okay. at the Winter Garden in June 2020.
1: So, the coronavirus had nothing to do with that getting destroyed. Sure didn't. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's also an animated television series that focuses on Beetlejuice, which is very weird, if you think which about it. Which Tim
0: Burton's it. a part of. He's
1: well, listed he, on his thing. Well, sure, he gets a paycheck for it, I'm sure.
0: No, he was listed as, uh... What? Dire- he's listed as director. It's on his director list
1: like an episode or what
0: <laughs> I, I lied. I think he's on the producer list. Okay, yeah. you're right.
1: You got a paycheck. You're
0: right. I take it back.
1: He got a paycheck. Which again, I I find very odd that like someone saw this movie it was such a hit and they're just like, "You know what we could do? We could make that dirtbag uh sex pervert character the star of a children's animated series." Yeah, it's, it's insane. <laughs> I know, right? It's just so weird. But I think it's just because of his you know, his colorful makeup and his costuming so, anyway.
0: There is talk and chatter, um, and has been for several years, of a yeah. sequel.
1: Yep. They have been um, every year. It seems like there's a new... But in
0: 2019, it said that, like, Universal or whatever said, it, it's been shelved. Yeah. They, I... like, started, and then they had rewrites, and then rumors. that You know, you,
1: I would say, never say never. All this stuff, usually... I think it's a terrible idea. They shouldn't do it, but, I mean, you never say never. This kind of stuff happens all the time, so... He's back being Batman, for God's sake. So yeah, I think if Tim Burton suddenly said he wanted to do it and Michael Keaton said he wanted to do it, bam, they're going to do it. Mm -hmm. Like, it'll just happen. So
0: So you don't have a memory of watching this as a kid. Maybe you were a little too old, you said.
1: No, I said too young.
0: I mean, too young. (laughs) I meant that.
1: (laughs) No, I felt like when I first saw it, I was too young and I thought like maybe some of the ghoulish imagery was a little bit scary.
0: Would you let your kids watch it?
1: Was no, it rated?
0: Did no. I say
1: what it was rated? It's PG. Well, is it PG thirteen? It must be PG thirteen. Um,
0: like I can see on here anymore.
1: Yeah, I know. I would not let them watch it because it's not a kids' movie. I, like it's not even framed as a kids' movie. That's what that that I would say. Like there would be nothing in it for them to watch. And then yeah, I mean the character of Beetlejuice is such a Oof. a bad dude um, that it's not not anything. What I will say. PG. So yeah, I think I must have seen it as a kid, and I which which is odd because I remember. My mom being anxious in 1993 about me going to see The Nightmare Before Christmas in theater. She's like, oh, that's too ghoulish stuff or whatever. And I was like, no, I really want to see that. And I was fine with that. I was good with that. I mean, we, I saw it and everything. But yeah. she, I think that, that was the kind of thing that she thought maybe was not okay. And maybe it was because... She let me peek and watch some misery before yeah. I was too, uh, you know, way too young for. Her. Maybe it's because I was uh, someone showed me uh um, <laughs> Beetlejuice when they were too. young. <laughs> Clearly, there's a reason for for why she was apprehensive about that. But um, I don't know.
0: I have so many memories, like the the fact that I can remember so much of Beetlejuice, mm-hmm. and that we haven't watched it since being together. Essentially, right? Yeah, says that I watched it several times. I was talking to my mom just now, and just now. I mean, before we was recorded. I here? Oh. Shut up. You're <laughs> such an ass. I was talking to my mom today. Okay. Before we recorded. Yeah. Telling her we we're going to do Beetlejuice. And she was like, oh, I've never seen that. What? I was like, what? I feel like we maybe When have you have seen it. that?
1: If you if your so parents then, didn't see it. So
0: then I was like, what is happening, mom? And she's like, when did that come out? And I was like, I don't know, like 88. We probably watched it in the early 90s.
1: VHS tape. Yeah.
0: And she was like, oh, I was going back to college. So uh, now, now it makes sense that my mom has this huge gap of uh, movies that she just didn't watch with us because she was going to school.
1: So your dad watched it with you, presumably? Probably or? not. We
0: were probably just left to our own devices. Oh, okay. we we're like, ooh.
1: Your aunts like to watch movies, so yeah. maybe you're watching it over there.
0: I'm going to guess that we watched Beetlejuice years after it came out. Yeah. Probably like 92, yeah. 93. And, you know, the rental store had like seven movies for $7 for seven days. And you
1: watched Beetlejuice. Yeah. yeah. I'm
0: sure that made it in the run several this times.
1: This is a, a weird... Um, yeah. It's such a... <laughs> it's got... Okay. Like... It's got a great uh, Danny Elfman score, obviously. That's classic. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're never going to, like, this period of of the Tim Burton collaborations with him. It was just uh, amazing, right? That's great. Um, But then, like, the beginning of this movie is so weird in that it's about this couple. And it just, it doesn't even set up to be ghoulish in any way. Like, a lot of Tim Burton movies will announce itself. Yeah. As a certain way, the the Danny Elfman score definitely does, but everything else is very like the picturesque. Lighting,
0: the yeah,
1: it's daylight. They're in a small town. It's These, a lot
0: of like that that that. The couple is in
1: love. Yeah, uh, they're gonna take a two week vacation to stay at their house.
0: That's a... now I know this is foreign to you, but a staycation is a thing that quite I've been a few doing a staycation for
1: twenty two months.
0: And how's it been going? <laughs>
1: It's been fine. Been playing well, a lot of Fortnite. Apparently, that's a problem for you.
0: A lot of people do vacations to work on their house, and
1: I guess that's what they're maybe going to do. Yeah. Um,
0: What's what you notice? So on, I only noticed this because I pulled up their character names and stuff while we we're before we were watching. They're it. the this Maitlands. Is, they're the Maitlands, which is sort of mentioned, but yeah. then like the warehouse is named after them. Yeah. Like clearly, they're significant lineage and, here when well,
1: it's the biggest house in the town and like, it's on a hill they sort
0: of skip that in the movie like i don't know if there's it's like very a quick scene or yeah. like i wasn't paying attention
1: no the town is called that like it's maitland tool or whatever and it, it's just like why
0: what? Okay. what is happening like who are these people and
1: then the only thing you really know about the town is that you get a really old fella at the store who just rambles and talks to alec and even though Alec ball and goes in the store doesn't doesn't pay attention mm-hmm. which is kind of funny mm-hmm. and then um there's the realtor. Who wants to sell the house because it's too big for them.
0: Yes, because they they don't have a family. Uh, and then there's this awkward scene where, like, she feels sad because she's clearly, like, tried to have babies. Yeah, they already,
1: yeah, well, and they've already established that this realtor has already called someone. In, like, the, the people that Jeffrey Jones oh, and yeah, Captain They an interested Harris, party. They're already, like, in the movie without even realizing it. Yeah. It's like, man, I don't know. If they had died in some accident, I'd be looking... If What's I were the cops, I'd take a look at that lady.
0: Sus, for sure.
1: Um... But it's such a bizarre beginning. And then the way that they die is just...
0: Before they even die, though. Yeah. Okay, so they're running from the house to jump in their car to run down to the warehouse. Yeah. Or to the... The whatchamacallit.
1: The tool store. The shop. The hardware store. Oh, my God. I was
0: like, where? Hardware? I know it's in
1: it. (laughs) hardware store. Nailed it.
0: <laughs> and I don't know why, but this time it very much bothered me that she jumps in to drive and she doesn't have a purse. Why do characters in movies not have purses?
1: Like, did they make a point of saying that she doesn't have a purse? No,
0: I just noticed this. She was just like, just like, la, la, well, la, she got la. like a
1: small wallet or she's something. She's
0: in a dress with clearly no pockets.
1: Why does she need money? Maybe she's, Alex is going where's in. She's driving, where's
0: her driver's license? Like, what are we, what are we doing here? It's a small town. town. They don't
1: care about that stuff. Anyway,
0: that bothered me. Yeah, oh, so wow. they have their fun little trip to the hardware store. <laughs>
1: and then they go over this covered bridge <laughs> so. and there's a dog that's loose and like they steer out of the way of the dog. Mm-hmm. Uh the dog is actually the mur- it seems like a murderer mm-hmm. because
0: villain for sure.
1: Because the car like tips over the edge of the- it breaks it through spins. the wall they of spin, the covered they crash
0: through the side of the... And-, and then
1: you see the dog standing on a plank or something holding the car up or whatever and then jumps off or something. And then the car uh, the way I'm describing it sounds more violent than it is. Like, careens off the... Mm-hmm. It's a bridge that's, like, above... It's, like, ten feet off the mm-hmm. ground. It's not very high. It's a small stream. Mm-hmm. Um, they fall... The car lands, head. you know, on its... Un- upside down. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess you could argue if they weren't wearing a seatbelt, you would maybe smash... But it's water! Mm-hmm. And it's deep enough that the it, it catches the... The fall it's not like an impact mm-hmm. and it's it's the most like generic like you just you see that their windows are down yep like you see that and you just be like i'm not even convinced that they like even bonked their head in this in, in this accident like yeah. how did they both get killed in this i
0: think that amongst other things this movie definitely contributed to my fear of crashing into water and dying because if you could die in that
1: yeah it was like a small terrifying yeah and it it's just i it's played at least like it's kind of a, i mean it, it it's so silly because it just seems like nothing that it it is a kind of a laugh line mm-hmm. um but i don't know if it's meant to be necessarily it's just very weird um but anyway the the, the after the uh, crash that doesn't seem like that should have killed them we just see them walk bit of the house and they're all covered in water and i think the gag is that they're you know fine they just uh got a little wet mm-hmm. but then it becomes apparent later that they are uh, dead so that's and the it's gang.
0: fun like how they realize that they're dead
1: yeah i mean what what surprisingly works a lot about this movie is this dynamic for a little while i like um alec baldwin and gina davis here together and um i like the concept of what what i think what works about the movie is that it is a a reverse haunted house movie like, you were seeing the perspective from the ghosts, and they are discovering that, number one, they're dead, mm-hmm. and they have to figure that out. But then they are discovering how they're going to interact with these people, and that the invaders are these people coming in and going to try to take over their house and change their house. And, um you know, I that, that, that's a fun premise, yes. uh, and it's a fun perspective to do a movie like this with. Um They're not very smart, <laughs>
0: They're not. So, like, she discovers the handbook. Yeah. and For the recently deceased. Yeah. And fails to read it. Doesn't understand it. And right away, I'm thinking, is this book really that hard? Or are these people this dumb?
1: That's what I was thinking. I thought, like, it, maybe it's written in an old style and that's yeah. difficult. But, like, some of the passages they read, I'm just like... Yeah, Sounds seem, like English. Seems pretty straightforward. I don't know. You're supposed to haunt the house. <laughs> like, you can't leave. They open the door. They find, like, that sand world. You know, like I said, they don't go and talk to uh the underworld people for a while like they kind of have to figure this out as um Jeffrey Jones and Catherine O'Hara and Winona Ryder uh move in and they have to discover you know what they can do and how they can haunt without um you know they have to kind of figure out those rules a little bit but it seems like a lot of time goes by where they're just like I don't understand this book mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's they just make like... that
0: comment several times
1: um, and that's weird. And I, and I, I, I didn't, I didn't mind it though, cause I just thought, like, ah, they're just dumb people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, they're not the, the sharpest tools. That's fine. They just, they don't read, they don't do a lot of book reading. Mm-hmm. So they gotta figure it out.
0: What was Catherine O'Hara in around this time? Because I'm trying to remember if, if this was my first kind of like oh like experience. With so her. this
1: is she's terrific and she's very playing very much a Catherine O'Hara character. Mm-hmm. She is like it's their her and Jones are re, like it's a remarried situation, right? Or are they is one on right of their kid? Uh-uh. No, and so I think Jeffrey Jones is kind of framed as kind of being an okay guy. He just wants to relax in the country and get away from his busy work, right? Mm-hmm. But Catherine O'Hara is like the new wife, or she just wants to do her art, and she's got this garish, um, design sense, and she wants to do these horrible things, and Winona Ryder is a goth girl, uh, who just doesn't seem to like her in any, any capacity whatsoever, mm-hmm. but it's just very Catherine O'Hara being you know rich it's shit she's shit's great character like yes. she always is you know but like it's great i mean she's I just think, good in this kind of I think stuff that
0: was my first and only exposure to her up until i mean she voices the nightmare before christmas sally she
1: does but not but the same then
0: i don't think i saw her for a while so like that was like when i think of Catherine o'hara it's like well,
1: when is her. waiting for guffman and like the when those movies that?
0: oh that is not until 96
1: Oh, And I didn't watch those until I met you. Best in, yeah, all that run. Um, Yeah. No, that makes sense. She's like, you know, she's like, and then she's obviously in Home Alone. um, Sure. In 90, but yeah, you know, she, she's great. And I, I like her. I think Winona Ryder immediately pops. You see why she's so, I, 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 it's very difficult for me to peg how old she's supposed to be in the movie and how old she really was. Yeah. Because, mostly because the movie does a very weird thing where Beetlejuice tries to marry her. And you're like, well, she's supposed to be like, what, 12? 14? How old is this character? <laughs> and it's just like, it makes it extra icky.
0: Well, it's, we can do the math to figure out how old she was as an actress. Okay. She was born in 71, the movie was 88, so she was only 17.
1: So older. She's yeah. definitely, I think she's playing old, she's, she's playing younger me than me she was is. was like,
0: how old is she? And I was like, I don't know, 12? I didn't think and she was like, 12. And like, what? No. She
1: couldn't be 12. I
0: think she's just short- Yeah. The height. And she wears such, like, drab, gothic, dark clothing. You can't really see, like, a figure or anything like that. Yeah, it's
1: hard to tell. It's hard to
0: age her. She looks the same in that movie as she does, like, now.
1: But, man, she's good. I mean, she she is definitely, like, just... Well, because how old is she supposed to be in Edward Scissorhands? She's also playing, like, a teenager in that, isn't she? Yeah. Yeah, it's confusing. Um...
0: Which was nineteen ninety. I know
1: that's what, so. Then you're extra. Fr- I mean, it's already bad enough that Beetlejuice wants to marry her. But like when you're putting my brain, I was like, she's twelve. I'm just like, oh my god, this movie's really <laughs> messed up. Then, like, like she's not even like teenager. Like, oh my god. I think between um,
0: Beetlejuice and Edward Scissorhands, I like fell in love with Winona Ryder.
1: She's really good. She's definitely got this. You know, I think she plays the the goth vibe, the the annoyed, knowing uh, being annoyed with the parents thing really well. Mm-hmm. I like. That there's a shorthand here where she can just immediately see these ghosts. Yeah, it's um, not
0: like we don't have to go through a whole thing.
1: She's not scared of them. She's connect because she's so goth. She's just connected to the dead and mm-hmm. the, and the Which underworld. Is very, like, casual about it. Yeah, and so I I like that performance. And all of this is absurd, but I like that. And she actually helps them be better ghosts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say, like, I think the best part of The Michael Keaton part is like when they they're trying to figure out how to get rid of it, and Beetle just wants to be hired as a bio exorcist to get rid of the people in that mm-hmm. in the house right and my favorite bit is him as a cowboy in like a commercial that they make that <laughs> yeah. he makes to be like the the guy that's coming like come, come in on down he's like
0: a he's like a cowboy a car, car salesman, salesman yeah. yeah,
1: I like that a lot um like again short short bursts short mm-hmm. like and it that's what's smart about the movie it knows not to like let this disgusting man <laughs> linger. linger around too much mm-hmm. um
0: And they're all annoyed by him. And
1: and they immediately, even when he does get hired, they immediately regret it. (laughs) Yeah.
0: The movie doesn't, like, glamorize any of his behaviors. Everybody knows he's a creep.
1: No, yeah. And so, you know, he shows up and, like, this is is what I was so surprised when they go to the underworld. Some of it is just like, well, you only get, like, three of these visits. And you only get, like, you know, you got to live in this house for 125 years. And I was thinking about that. I was like, how many houses last that long? Like, are these people going to be able to make it toward the... that yeah. long in this house, I yeah. guess? But that's when we get this scene where they're in a waiting room, and there's, like, this guy with the shrunken head, and you just wonder what the hell happened to that guy. Um, and there's a—this is where, like, I think the majority of the budget is from. Like, you get uh, the sand things out in the outside, which look kind of—those are the most dated things in the movie because yeah. they're—it's stop motion. Um, whereas he lost the green set, screen, so yeah, it's weird. Whereas the set design is still really good, like it's just stuff that they built, and so and the makeup works really good. Yes. So all that stuff really holds up, including this little four way into the underworld. But man, is it just this is where this movie's so weird. Like you've got this uh, the guy who's been flattened as a pancake, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of showing him around. Uh, there's the, the football fo- team, the football team who evolved like died in a wreck and mm-hmm. they're just the like hanging crash. around. They show up at the end of the movie inexplicably. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <Unexplained>. <laughs>
1: yeah. Um, and then I like the, I like the character who plays kind of like their liaison, who's just annoyed. And, you know, she's only basically there to say, you got to figure it out, read the fucking book and yeah. don't hire Beetlejuice. Like she's very clear about what to do and what not to do. Um, But they don't listen to her. Because I think they're just kind of dummies. Yes. Um, But yeah, like, what I'm, like, they're not that, what's weird is that they're like, you have to be, you have to learn how to be better haunters. But like, the way they start is seemingly not bad, because this is the stuff that I remember maybe being too young to see, which is like, Alec Baldwin having his head off, Mm -hmm. or her hanging in the closet. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, that's pretty good imagery, but they don't see them. Now, the problem is that they're not creating enough of an impact that the adults see them. Mm Mm-hmm. And so that was very confusing to me, I'll, although I, I'll get to... The, I think the movie has an answer for that later. Um, I think there's a reason. And I also remember, like, when they go to visit the lady, they like, you gotta come up with a scary face. And their scary face was... One of them pulls their face up, and they've got a mouth. Yeah. It It's cool, but then they... What I, what I find odd about the movie is that, like, they walk around in those faces Ew. for a while.
0: <laughs> they just chill out, walking around the
1: hallway... Hallway is like a little fun house type thing. Um, oh, and the one way that they, after they've like hired Beetlejuice or Beetlejuice has been around one time to distract him, the lady like creates a whorehouse mm-hmm. for him to go and hang out in for a little while. Yep. Again, this movie is just a dirt bag. He's a dirt bag. Uh, but I kind of like how they're just like, yeah, we'll just send him to the whorehouse. Like, yeah,
0: that'll distract him for a while.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, his, I think his best scene is the one where he's, and the one that gets like, if you're going to clip this movie. It's the scene where he's doing charades with one owner writer after they, you know, she's been she's got to conjure Beetlejuice to say his name three times, and so they play oh, a game of charades. So that's like the he's
0: big... trying to get her to say Beetlejuice yeah. without him saying it. But
1: the other big scene, <laughs> yeah, that's a good one, and the scene that I everybody else remembers, it's really good still, and it's because of Catherine O'Hara for the most part. She's is that so good. Bef- After they've given Beetle Beetlejuice too much, whatever, or is it after that? I can't remember exactly, but they decide to try their haunting on their own. And the way they do that is to, like, have them uh, sing and dance um, to uh, Deo,
0: mm-hmm.
1: one day only at the Bon Marche. Mm-hmm. And it's mostly the performance of Catherine O'Hara, um, like, being surprised that she's singing. And
0: and it's in, like, a different voice. It's like, yeah. hey, yo. I love Out it. Out of Catherine
1: O'Hara's And well. they dance around the table, and it, that stuff's really good. Good. Yeah. and it's that yeah. that that is like the most overtly comic scene I guess I think the whole thing is a comedy but it is such a it's stricken in such a dark way but mixed with the slack stick so it, it's just a very strange tone that I don't know if it's not it's just not necessarily my thing
0: I don't I know if I remember being watching it as being young and thinking it was funny. I think I watched it more thinking it was, like, fascinating.
1: Whimsical.
0: Like, this is so interesting. And what does happen after you die? And this
1: is so cool. Grotesquely whimsical.
0: Yeah. I think I was like, I want to be Winona Ryder.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No. (laughs) But I
0: don't remember being like, this is a funny movie.
1: And Michael Keaton's character is pitched as as a comic, but it's very much just in... It's just a character that would never... Imagine if they did a Beetlejuice now... It would not be that way. Like, there would be no way they could make him that big of a dirtbag and have people... Because people would, I think, forget that, like, he's this big of a dirtbag. Yeah. Like, he's a pretty yep. bad dude. Yep. And, yep. I mean, to the point where the whole end of the movie is just him trying to get out by marrying the not 12-year-old, but young, underage 16-year-old. Winona Ryder. Yeah. Um, but I... Yeah, I really like obviously the the dance sequence it ends with them like getting like like worms or something on there pops out of the plate that there's an actual scare there but this is where i think the movie is smart about like why they maybe couldn't see them before because the alec baldwin and gina davis are really excited that they were able to like do something yes they, they were, like, they were yes, able to react did
0: it. they're gonna be running out of the house any they
1: try like the um the uh, the sheets over their bodies but oh, they use gosh. floral sheets which i thought actually that's pretty funny um doesn't work right um but, no, what I like, and the reason why maybe they're not going to work, is that, like, both Catherine O'Hara and Jeffrey Jones, and, like, their, her interior designer character, mm-hmm. who is also on the side a paranormal investigator, that's an interesting add-on to the character. He's mm-hmm. like, oh, well, in addition to being an interior designer, I'm a paranormal <laughs> investigator, and I know all about this. I've
0: dabbled in it.
1: And he plays a big role because he, like, takes the book at some point. He swipes it. And then he's kind of responsible for the nearly cataclysmic ending of the two main characters. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I like is that um, because Jeffrey Jones is like this b- successful businessman, they're not scared. They're just like, oh, we can monetize this.
0: Yeah, we could turn we- this into profit.
1: Yeah. And so that's what I like. I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'm just not going to scare them because they're not scared. Like, this is all profit to them. This is all opportunity for mm-hmm. them. And I really like um, that reveal. And so that's another good turn I think it takes and, um, it kind of leads to a little bit of a, because you wonder, like, after one scene where they, Beetlejuice is out, and they obviously know it's a bad idea to have him, he's gone, he goes too far, he's they lock Harris him away. writer. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, well, you can't let this guy do it, like, and so, like, where's the movie going, right? And so it has to create this new conflict, and I actually kind of like this conflict, because it's like, it's not necessarily super dangerous until it kind of accidentally is for them, because in taking the books and conjuring them up... They are like putting them in their wedding dress and their old, uh, tuxedo. He's reanimating them. He's reanimating them and then Mm -hmm. they're aging away and that's not good. I mean, if you, if you, you can get, there's, they show us in the underworld, there's a place where like the lost lost souls go and it's really bad and you, you don't want that. You wanna, Mm -hmm. you wanna live out your haunting so you can Mm -hmm. go to the better place at the end of the 125 years. That's not gonna happen to them if they get stuck in this, uh, uh, conjuring and this like, uh, reanimation type thing, right? And that's why, uh, Winona Rider has to like, you know, she gets convinced to bring Beetlejuice back up to help them. But um, yeah, so I like that conflict. Now, I will say that it's kind of a surprisingly small scale climax. But then you remember yeah. that it's a small budget and yeah. it's just like there's a wedding and there's a there's a big action beat with Gina Davis riding a worm in, But that looks so terrible. It's like it mm, doesn't really work.
0: No, um, I had totally forgotten that part of it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It doesn't fit.
1: No, it doesn't work. But um. But yeah. And then. It, but that's what's so weird is like you get like aside from like a couple scenes where he's trying to entice Gina Davis and Og Baldwin, the one scene where he scares the family. And then, like, the charade scene, and then there's the climax, where mm-hmm. he's, like, trying to marry Winona Ryder and get let loose. He helps the he helps Gene Davis not ball him, but barely, and it just goes on his own thing. And then, like, that's the end of the movie. Like, he's in, like, maybe 15 minutes of the thing, it seems yeah, like.
0: Yeah, he's not in it very much um, at all.
1: But you don't want it anymore, because even though he's at... The, I mean, it is good makeup, because he's just... He's gross-looking, and, <laughs> you know, you just don't want to... You've seen... That's the thing. Beetlejuice reminds me of a... You know, you just... You don't see guys that look like that, but you know what I mean. You've seen guys that look like that.
0: What? No. They're just a
1: little bit, you know. No, they're a little gross. No, he just seems like a close talker. God, he'd be a fucking monster. he would never want to like what? Imagine him going through like COVID. Oh my and you're god! We having to deal Taylor. with someone guy walking in the next door, and that guy's just like lingering around, wearing some goofy outfit, and just like his hair's disheveled, and yeah, he's
0: and definitely like faces. picking his boogers and eating them. That's kind of gross.
1: Thing. I mean, you don't you, you don't see it like this like this severely but you know you've seen guys like this um (laughs) you know what i mean no well well, i don't know he makes me uncomfortable to the point where i think it's a good performance but i'm just like i'm glad he's gone i don't want to deal with beetlejuice again i don't want to see beetlejuice too
0: he is disturbing
1: i just don't uh i don't like that and then the weird thing Mm -hmm. i will say this too is that um the movie ends in such a way that it's kind of confusing Almost for a second, because mm-hmm. it's like the parents are kind of shitty to Winona Ryder, but not like terribly.
0: Not actively shitty to her,
1: and they and they they're doing something wrong. They're trying to like hold the spirit, uh, hold these spirits to like make profit off of. But then, then like at the end of all this, like they the paranormal investigator slash designer leaves, mm-hmm. but. Like, when they have this final scene where it's just it's like. It's a
0: happily ever after. When Ona
1: Ryder's coming home from school, she's not dressed up as a goth as much anymore. Yep. And she goes and she's like, I got an on my test. She's talking to Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis. Mm-hmm. And just like, well, where the fuck are the parents? Mm-hmm. Like, what? The, the, did they just leave? Like, are the ghosts now, her parental guardians? But no, there's like a scene after that where she goes up and talks to them, and they're all in good terms. Yeah. And they're all living in a nice, peaceful existence yeah. together. And, and it's just like. like parenting. Well, this is weird. Like, wonder I want to see the conversation happen after this Beetlejuice situation, and they're just like, "Listen, you summoned us. You nearly like re- damned our souls to internal loss. Uh, well, like, we have to be able to like li- live here. Like, it, what's it works that so conversation?"
0: Because Gina Davis wanted a, a a child, and so now she in, Alec are getting their little happy family.
1: But the, the parents, parents are, are still there. And the other there. parents
0: can just do whatever the fuck they want, because they don't really they... care about raising a child.
1: Okay, so that's what you're saying, that those parents are there. They're still the same people. They're not yeah. better.
0: Yeah, they're not better. They're just like, oh, cool, you guys can pay attention to my child. Because
1: as far as ghosts goes, like these two are not scary. No, they're very nice. They're just nice people that want to stay. Kind of nerdy. And you know what? They're they very quick to just be like okay with losing the entire house, except for the attic. Like, they're that's like, true. oh, as long as they don't come in the attic. We gotta keep the attic. But everything else downstairs are just like, I mean, I guess, okay. They're like, they're fine being in the attic, which is kind of, I mean, geez, that's pretty good. Yeah. They're pretty, they're really understanding.
0: They're very nice people. I don't know, I'd be
1: pretty pissed off if I were, like, brought back, I was put in my old wedding garb, and they nearly, like, ruined my soul. That
0: wasn't the intention of the parents, though. They did not want, they guess. did not make, they did not do it.
1: No, but, you know. I want to. I want to see the conversation. You want. So let's hash apologies. this out. They need a counselor, and they need to sit this out. And they gotta. Like, is there like custody issues? Like, okay, you get this part of the house, we get this part of the house, and then, and then, what I want to know is, um, what, what, what happened? How did they agree to letting this football team come and be in the house all the time?
0: Yeah, that was a little unusual because you
1: get the song playing, and then, um, but they kind
0: of show up as like floating ghosts.
1: They're floating. And then Winona Ryder is able to dance and float, in the, mm-hmm. but she's still alive. Mm-hmm. But they're they're, they're raising her. her. Yeah. They're raising her up and letting her dance. And then the football team is there to dance with her. And I'm just yeah. like, what? Who are the football team here regularly? Do they get to visit? Is this a party? What's happening? This seems like a lot of guys living in your house. So and it's a big house, mm-hmm. but I don't know if it's big enough for a whole football team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, then you finally get that scene that you remembered, uh, where Beetlejuice is alive. Mm-hmm. He thought he got eaten by a sand monster. Apparently. Well, he's not alive. Nobody's alive. But um, he's just waiting for... He's going to see somebody. Mm-hmm. try to steal a ticket and he gets his head shrunken. Well,
0: his number is like four billion something. And the person sitting next to him is like four. Yeah. So he steals that person's ticket, swaps it.
1: Well, why has he got to... Where are all the other people? Are we seeing... Another, is there another side of this room that's really uh, long?
0: Or they like go and come back.
1: Didn't seem like Al Baldwin and Gina Davis had to wait that long.
0: Exactly. Maybe so they're just punishing him, yeah,
1: it's like you get a bad number because you're being a naughty boy, yes, I don't know
0: this movie was weird, yeah, but I still find it fascinating.
1: it's just i I can appreciate a lot of elements of it, and it's not like one of my movies, so it's just like, okay, that's an oddity,
0: yeah, it's not a movie I'm gonna go to for like enjoyment, but it's just. Fascinating.
1: Which it's uh, kind of odd that we didn't ever break open that old crappy DVD package. Like it, we must have known this.
0: No, I kept wanting to, and you kept. You were always like, mm-hmm. you were always like. But when has that ever stopped
1: you from like watching something?
0: Uh, every time, if you're lukewarm on something, I'm like, well, yeah, whatever. Okay. And then I'll just bitch about it. and Be like, you never want to watch Beetlejuice with me.
1: I feel like it was. Oh yeah, that was the other thing. Like. I have several different shelves for movies in the house and in the garage, mm-hmm. and it was I couldn't find it. I was like, where the hell?" I know it's sealed somewhere, and it's because I like like the previous Halloween, it like put it up on a different shelf. It's like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna watch that this mm-hmm. year," so I put it on that shelf, and then we didn't. And then I was just like, "Why isn't it where it's? Why isn't, isn't it alphabetized?" It right by
0: the TV. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's been sitting there since last Halloween. Probably yeah. when well, yeah. I wanted to watch it.
1: Yeah, but then you didn't want to watch it because we didn't watch it clearly.
0: That's the way it goes, man.
1: Probably because I saw those stickers, I was like, "That's gonna be a bitch to open." You're
0: like, I'm not dealing I with that. Can't do that.
1: Not today, Satan.
0: All right. Well, this has been a fun episode of Oh, Millennials Remember Movies. We have talked about so much. What final words do you have to say about Beetlejuice? Like, you'll never watch it again. Is that what I'm hearing?
1: Um, I mean, I'm good. Like I don't need to watch it again. I wouldn't be offended if I had to watch it again, but like I'm good. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really need to I it's like it's in my brain enough. I got it.
0: It's one of those movies where I feel like I, I enjoy thinking about it more than I enjoy watching it. I don't know if that makes sense, but that's my final So if thought. you
1: have a positive memory about Beetlejuice, then maybe just like let that positive memory um sit. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I think about um this week where we're recording this there's been screenings of that new ghostbusters movie Mm. and what people have said and what the reviews have said it's like oh it's just very warm and nostalgic for ghostbusters and like it it's referential and it just really wants you to remember like it see you you love ghostbusters and so we love the proton packs and for me i'm just like well that's not really ghostbusters like Mm -hmm. you're just you that's a sequel of the nostalgia for ghostbusters and that's what I think. And and so to me, I'm not as excited about that. I'm just, to me, it looks like a Stranger Things thing. And I'm just like, that's fine. But like, that's not Ghostbusters. Yeah, And I don't know. Like, this is a weird part in our culture where I think if they made another Beetlejuice, it would be kind of similar. They would soften Beetlejuice. It would be about you remembering that you liked Beetlejuice and less about what Beetlejuice actually was. And I think that's... Yeah, because Ghostbusters is not like a warm movie, really.
0: Yeah, that's a weird description.
1: Yeah, and but that's what this new one is. It's just like you look because it's not made as a sequel to Ghostbusters. It's made for the fans who grew up with Ghostbusters and they remember having a good feeling watching it. It's not about the thing; it's about the feeling that you got watching the thing.
0: Isn't that what all movie making is trying to give uh, you a feeling?
1: I guess, but like for for like so you know when there's when Super Eight comes out, mm-hmm. J J Abrams again. And it's evoking Close Encounters and E.T. and certain Spielberg type tropes, right? Mm -hmm. It's, that's, it's still doing the thing that those movies were doing. Whereas Ghostbusters is doing that idea, but it's not, it's not, that's not what Ghostbusters was. So like when you're doing that when it's not for a thing that, I mean, the, the 2016 one that everybody didn't like seems to be at least closer in spirit to, like, what it's supposed to be. And so I just Those find that odd. Girls. I just find that to be an odd dynamic. Like, we just decided that we the nostalgia is more important than what it was in the first place. And I that's why they should definitely not make another Beetlejuice, and you should just, like, if you liked it, maybe... I mean, if you love it and you like watching it, that's fine. But, like, if you haven't watched it in years and you just have a good memory about it, like, I don't know, maybe just let that be.
0: I'm less <laughs> interested in a, in a... Uh, sequel or a remake, than in, and then I am in like something inspired by Beetlejuice, like take some inspiration of it and turn it into something totally spooky. Well,
1: I like ghost stories. I like haunted house stories. I do like this concept of. I mean, there's other movies that have done this, but I like again. I like the premise of just like this is the ghost's perspective of a, a family moving in. Mm-hmm. And I like that angle, and mm-hmm. so there's stuff to mine there. Um, this just kind of does it in a lighthearted whimsical way but uh yeah so i mean yeah i could see them remaking it that would be Mm -hmm. terrible idea too but um you know i think those things are inevitable i don't know
0: yeah all right guys thanks for listening this has been a fun episode for us hope you enjoyed listening if you did give us a like and a smash that follow button (laughs) just kidding
1: smash our tiktok (laughs) do we have that no okay all right
0: guys thanks for listening this has been a fun episode talk to you uh another movie
1: what do i say i don't know talk at you another movie <laughs> that's what i say and then i was gonna make some kind of uh ghost with we'll, the most comment but we'll talk
0: know. at you another movie
1: there you go that's it
0: uh, where's your ghost with the most comment oh, i was, shit. I was setting it, it back up for you Fuck. okay and we'll talk at you another movie
1: with the ghost with the i don't know it just yeah, feels awkward
0: fucked it up tyler